Hello and welcome to the Consistency Project with E.C. Sinkowski. My name is Patrick Cummings and every episode I have the distinct privilege of presenting E.C. with a question on subject matters that range from nutrition to fitness to the choices we can all make to live a healthier, more functional life. By exploring both the principles at play and the actions worth carrying out as a result, we aim to get you thinking, get you moving, and get you taking more consistent steps toward optimizing your well-being. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And how are you, E.C.? I'm good, thank you. Today we are going to dive back into your Instagrams, and we are going to talk about the forthcoming holiday season, which most people are very excited about, and I generally don't care about. (laughs) But Thanksgiving is coming soon, so we're going to tackle the conversation about nutrition during the holidays, and you used on Instagram recently, you put up a post, and on the graphic you said, don't use the holidays as an excuse to eat like crap for two months. So that is what we're going to talk about. Before we do, though, we talked about a little bit in our last episode as well. You have a revamped 800 gram challenge. I don't know what to call it. Product. Mm -hmm. We'll call it a product that we want to make sure people know about, especially now as we get into the holidays. Now would be an amazing time to start paying attention to it before perhaps Turkey Day. Let's make sure folks know what it is. What is it? So I have a direct-to-consumer 800-gram challenge product. It's 30 days of the 800-gram challenge. People know a lot that I have challenges for gyms, but I actually have something available for people if they're not at a gym and they want to do something independently. And, And the idea here is, hey, get enough education and support for 30 days about the 800-gram challenge, about eating 800 grams by weight of fruits and veggies each day without excluding anything, so that you have it as a habit before then you're left to your own devices to continue it, you know, forever. And so I don't just... trust my own devices, so I think that's good. <laughs> there's short little content, short videos, short text posts. There's a Facebook group, all so that you can kind of make sure that it's a habit. And yeah, if you're interested, check out optimizemenutrition.com slash 800G, and it might come up later in this podcast as well. Mm, <laughs> teaser, teaser. What is the one thing... That most people run into trouble with the 800 gram challenge. Like, what is the one thing that if you could just eliminate that from the issue list, more and more people would would have the kind of success that you know they can have with the 800 gram challenge? Gosh, I want to say two things, Patrick. (laughs) Uh, I said one. Pick one. I would say you got to make breakfast count. You know, especially for people who don't have it to be a habit yet. You know, I don't have to have grams at breakfast and can still do 800 grams, but I've also been doing this for three years, right? So people that don't kind of put grams in the bank at breakfast and find themselves, you know, kind of falling behind in their numbers by late afternoon, it's going to be really hard to do. Yeah. 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 Because then you got to eat like seven bananas before Mm -hmm. bedtime. (laughs) No good. Okay. So we'll put that link in the show notes for folks. Okay. So we're going to talk about nutrition during the holidays. Where do we begin other than the obvious, which is that mm, I may be guilty of it, that you just kind of throw your hands up and say, well, eh, it's just a couple days. It's just right. a day. It's just <laughs> a season. Where do we begin? Yeah, so I think we have to start with looking at what happens during the holidays. You know, is there a problem with the holidays? And yes, weight gain is associated with the holidays. Now, it might be less than you think. I was a little bit surprised by this, but on average in the U.S., it's about a pound between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And this was actually mm. reported in the New England Journal of Medicine in in 2016. Now, that is an average, so we're going to have people who gain more than that and, of course, some people who don't gain at all. But most of that weight gain actually occurs in the stretch between Christmas and New Year's. We might talk about Mm. that and why that is in a little bit. But I think at first, 
you know, a pound doesn't sound that bad was kind of my initial reaction. But we also have to keep in mind that we don't lose it. And so it's mm. it's in this holiday time that we tend to gain the weight that we do every year. And it might even be half of what we gain because some people will gain up to kind of two pounds a year. And, and this sort of starts to really happen after age 30. And so this is how, if you think about it, a pound a year, two pounds a year, that, you know, a few years later, 10 years later, it's like, hey, where did these 10, 20 pounds come from, right? And anyone who has tried to lose weight knows this already, that you don't want to think about it as just a pound or two. That can be a really difficult process to even get off that small amount of weight. So we have to just keep this in mind that, yeah, weight gain during the holidays happens all the time. And we don't want to just think about it as like, oh, it's just a little bit doesn't tend to come off. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's interesting. The, the, the thing I thought about first was like, when you get to a certain age where you're like, 10 year high school reunion, and then you're you start paying attention to the people you went to school with 10 years ago, and you're like, how did you gain that much weight? And it's mm -hmm. that it's two pounds at a time, mm -hmm. right? It's one holiday season at a time. Totally. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Okay. Totally. So this year is a little bit different. <laughs> Do you think that this year is going to be different enough that I don't know that we can worry about it less that that sort of one to two pound average gain is less likely to happen given the fact that, you know, we're all still to some degree locked down right. in our homes. Yeah. I mean, I think I was originally thinking that way that, you know, wow, not a lot of social events, not a lot of parties yeah. that it probably won't be as bad, but you know, the news doesn't really suggest that. I mean, coronavirus mm. has not been good for our weight. This was actually a news article in July. A diet company took a survey of Americans. This is insane that 76% of Americans said that they gained weight since March. So March Oof. to July, 76%. And some were reporting upwards of 16 pounds of weight gain. You know, that's way higher than this average of one to two pounds a year. So, so that's a lot. Now, of course, there's stress with the pandemic. People are stress eating, you know get it. But I think some of the other contributing factors there is like gyms are closed and people just aren't going out and they aren't doing that kind of daily moving around quite as much, right? Yeah. Nothing's open. Yep. Nothing's nowhere to go. We're doing a lot of sitting in front of the computer or the TV. And I, I think some people are learning some of the downsides of working from home. There's some great positives about it, but there's also the downside of it that the kitchen is always right there when you, you want a break. And so you might be more likely yep. to adult indulge than if you were at work or some other social event. So we do have fewer parties and social events this year, but I would say that we have the same pressure, if not more so, this year to stay on track. Yeah. Mm. And here's a strategy. It's really hard to eat cookies if you're wearing a mask. <laughs> so just wear a mask all of the time. All the time. At home. Yeah, all when you're time. working at home. Go, get, go grab the cookie. You can't get it in your mouth. Totally. Totally. All okay. the time. <laughs> Barring anybody's willingness to do that. Mm -hmm. What do we do now? I mean, given that we've acknowledged that in a very short time period, we tend to do the most damage mm -hmm. and that we're not off scot-free this year just because of all the insanity of the year. Now what? What can we do? What do we want to think about going into this year's holiday season, given all that? Yeah, I mean, I think acknowledging that the holidays are a bad time for people in terms of weight gain is really important in the sense that we have to recognize this is probably a weakness in our diet and, and not just to, oh, I'll wing it. <laughs> that doesn't mm. sort of seem to work across average, especially across <laughs> years. And so if we were to take kind of a page from CrossFit's playbook is we need to attack our weaknesses, right? Like if this is mm. the weakest point of the year, we're not going to ignore that. We're going to yeah. look there for how to improve it. And, and hopefully we can give you some strategies and thoughts about how to do that. And the first one that I would just sort of say is do not write the holidays off. Like, do not mm. say, okay, well, the diet just starts in 2021, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yep. And 
you know, we, we like to do that because it removes some of the responsibility and reality, you know, at least temporarily. And I know I'm sounding like a wet blanket here, which I'm going to come back to, but in terms of weight loss, everything counts. It's not like calories don't matter because we're on Thanksgiving or, or New Year's. And I get it. We, we plan in terms of days and weeks and months because that's what works well with our sleep cycle, with this, you know, the societal structure that we have in place. But physiology is constant. All right. It doesn't mm. start on Monday. It doesn't start in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> and so by saying, OK, well, diet starts in the new year, it's just a really nice way to write off your responsibility temporarily. Yep. Yep. And so I think. When you're thinking about the holiday season, you want to be really realistic about what this is. It's it's six weeks, right? Thanksgiving through New Year's. But at most, what, there's like 10 days that are really celebration mm. days or days yep. that you have off spread over those six weeks. And to me, it doesn't sound that much different than other times of the year when you start to think about other holidays or other family birthdays or especially pre-COVID other celebrations that there might have been, anniversaries, mm -hmm. weddings, all that stuff. And so the idea here is kind of to maintain your practice. Don't write off the holidays. Don't say, oh, whatever, to maintain what you're doing, maintain the diet, maintain the sleep and all of that stuff. And I think that's going to be one of your best strategies. And I think the fact that most of the weight gain happens between that Christmas and New Year's New Year's stretch is that's probably the time when most people sort of say, oh, heck with it, right? That's when most of us are off. That's yeah. when most of us... You I know. think probably people don't say heck. <laughs> I think some, I think most people say something stronger. Yeah. Oh, F it, right? And... <laughs> You know, it's like the anything goes. And even then, I would encourage some routine. It's vacation, sure, you're not getting up at 5 a.m., but, yep. you know, have some type of routine that resembles some semblance of what your normal life is. Yeah. As we were chatting about this episode, you know, I asked you for a couple of tangible strategies. Mm -hmm. So you gave me three. So we're mm -hmm. going to break down maybe your three big strategies for not writing off the holidays. The first one is at least do the 800 gram challenge. Mm -hmm. Plug, plug. Plug. <laughs> Second one is kind of, you just alluded to, but start the day off right. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is to exercise. So let's mm -hmm. take the first one first, at least do the 800 gram challenge. Yeah, I've had another masterclass group finish up, and my favorite part of the course is when they get to macros and they realize, oh, wow, you know, it's all this other stuff in my diet. It's not the fruits mm. and vegetables that are the problem. It's all of those goodies that add up so quickly. And so I, I right now would, you know, commit to eating a healthy daily dose of fruits and veggies, and the 800-gram challenge is just that. And I, I know I'm biased towards it, but I think it's it's a plan that doesn't have any restrictions, doesn't eliminations. It allows for so much flexibility because you get to pick which fruits and veggies that you want. And it's really only 25% or less of the calories that you need per day. So you still have some room for, you know, fun food in the day. I just, I have a really hard time with understanding why it can't be done. You know, the day doesn't have to be only Christmas cookies and cinnamon rolls, <laughs> you know, like you can do some fruits and veggies Good and word. a cinnamon yeah. roll. Right? But the idea, like maybe at least do that. And if you can maintain something else in your diet, great. If that's lazy macros, great. If it's macros, full macros, great. But the idea here is to pick something that's truly doable so you don't let yourself totally off the hook. I, I wouldn't pick December the time to really, really stretch yourself to the totally different and difficult, right? Like if, mm. if full macros has never been something that you're successful with, like now would not be <laughs> the time to yeah. start that. That might be the January one where right now we stick to something that's a little bit of a stretch, but feasible. 
I love that. Okay, number two, which I didn't do on purpose, but I kind of teed you off on this when we mm-hmm. first started about Instagram challenge. Yeah. But start the day mm-hmm. off right, right? Get some veggies, get some fruit in in breakfast. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think it's way easier to do the old, oh heck with it after you've had a bunch of donuts in the morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's like if you have the yes, six donuts. I in concur. The- <laughs> I've heard that that's true. I've heard it. You know, if you have six donuts in the morning, three donuts, I don't care what it is, you're, you're not that likely to have like salmon and spinach at lunch, right? <laughs> so I'm a big fan of making breakfast and lunch pretty darn routine, especially on the yep. non-true holidays holiday days. You know, actual Thanksgiving and actual Christmas might look a lot different. I get that. But, you know, especially that week between Christmas and New Year's, the day after Thanksgiving, the weekend of Thanksgiving, it's like keep, you know, the breakfast and lunch going well. And then maybe you have a little bit more flexibility at dinner, especially when you do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number three, we've talked about this before, but exercise. Mm, That one. Yeah. This would be the one if you were going to try to do a little bit more of a stretch goal, I I would put it in exercise. Now, of course, within the context. Hold on. Wait. (laughs) Is that an exercise pun? Did you just give us an exercise pun? I love puns. Nutrition puns. (laughs) Exercise puns. Gosh. All right. If we're going to stretch a little. Go ahead. (laughs) We're going to stretch a little. But within the context of it still being doable, again, if you've never run a marathon, I don't know that I would commit to marathon training in the month of December. (laughs) But I think this is probably where a lot of people's weight from COVID has come from. You're just not Mm. moving around in life as much. So maybe right now what you're doing is four times a week, maybe in the holidays, in addition to that, you commit to the 10,000 steps a day. If you're like, EC, that's an hour. I don't have that. Great. It's add 5,000 steps a day. And maybe that's 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes with the family or something like that after dinner. And so I, I do think if anything, on average, that more of us have more time just because of less time in transit, less time in traffic. So I do think this is where we can actually spend a little bit more time and and yes, where we can stretch a little. (laughs) I just recently got a, it was one of the inexpensive Fitbits and I've never really had anything that I trusted to like actually track my steps, but it did getting it. And I've had it for probably two weeks now. So I've had enough of experience with it. Did the same thing that when I started to do the 800 gram challenge, which is like, oh, I'm probably pretty close here. Like I'm, I, I definitely have room for improvement, but I'm close. And then after like a week of measuring it, like I'm terrible at both of these things, but it's my feeling was like, oh, I'm not that bad in both. And so tracking it helps. <laughs> tracking what, it, mm-hmm. seeing it helps. I think sometimes we get a little bit lost in the data. Like, is it accurately measuring each one of my yeah. steps to my perfect leg length? <laughs> you know, like that's where we get those things get a little bit afield. But there's just the notion that somebody has some sort of metric and that they check mm. in and even provides a source of motivation is fabulous. Yep. You mentioned sounding like a wet blanket, Mm. which as you said it, I was like, I don't know what that sounds like, (laughs) but it doesn't sound nice. So along with that, what about folks who are going to say, yeah, but it's the holidays. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be jovial. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to worry about our health and our diet and Mm -hmm. our nutrition. What do you say to those people? Yeah, those I, have a, people, I, have a, I say with such derision. I know. Those I, have a, I have a couple different thoughts on that. The first one is I'm I'm not saying that you can't have any of the fun foods, right? You sta- mm. you can still have cookies and pie and some co- cocktails, whatever whatever your thing is of choice. I'm all for reality nutrition. I've never preached perfection, yep. and I enjoy those treats myself. The thing is, though, this is where your weight gain is going to come from, and we still have to limit them during the holidays, and. There's a really simple strategy to do that. I want to talk a little bit more about the fact that I might be the Grinch in the wet blanket. But I think first I want to kind (laughs) of, since we're talking about strategies, is it comes back to this idea of 
and I know we've already mentioned this on the podcast, but just keeping it out of your environment, keeping it out of your mm. house, right? That you don't need to have these goodies perpetually sitting around. My sister-in-law, she sent me somewhere they have like an advent advent calendar of wine, like 24 <laughs> days of wine. You know, you've seen those. <laughs> I love trouble. it. You've seen those like monster tins of like caramel, you know, yep. popcorn. Mm. You know, it's not some like awesomely good deal to buy these treats in bulk. Somehow we get convinced on the marketing side of it, but it's not like some amazing deal because you're just going to eat it, you know, unless you're one of the three people in the world that like walks by that in the kitchen is not interested. There's just not that many people. So you really want to keep it out of the house. And, And here's an example. I love eggnog which I know is probably a controversial as, as what's that candy corn, but I love eggnog. And, you know, my, I, I celebrate holidays with my families and they end up buying a half gallon, which right there isn't that mm-hmm. much. I started on Christmas Eve with that. I definitely have it on Christmas day. And there's normally enough left that I have it as coffee creamer. Good idea right mm. there for almost that week in between. But you notice I'm not saying it's like starts on Thanksgiving, <laughs> continues for yep. six weeks, buys three, like, gallons. Right, buys three gallons, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. So that's really kind of the first thing is like, yeah, you definitely want to have them still, or you definitely can have them still. I think most people do want to have them, but we can't, you know, go over excessively with them. And the first strategy is always going to be keep it out of your environment. What about that idea of like, yeah, but it's Christmas and I, that's what we do on Christmas. Yeah. Like the point of the holidays is indulgence, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think the holidays are a time for indulgence, but I'd argue, comparatively speaking to all other times in human life, that our our, our lives right now are already indulgent, you know, especially mm. people listening to this podcast. Yeah. We have a ton of affluence, and I, I don't mean, you know, million-dollar affluence, but we're not waiting for Christmas to have a treat, right? Like, you can buy yeah. a bag of chocolate-coated whatever any day of the year. I just don't think that people are really deprived of this type of thing, mm. you know, deprived in the sense that we now have to get more indulgent in the holidays. I mean, like, <laughs> I think I put it on Instagram. I walked into Target in August and, you know, the pumpkin spice flavor at Starbucks was already going. And then right after Halloween, you know, they switched directly into the peppermint mocha. I mean, it's just sort of four months of, ah, oh, it's the season. It's like, wait, hold, on minute, hold on. It's just gotten so excessive. And so I would argue that holidays and nutrition indulgences are more just like the rest of the year and need to be treated more like the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, I have pizza once a week. I have a couple beers a week. Other days that aren't pizza or beer days, I definitely probably have something like a chocolate. It's not like I'm living this like monk lifestyle <laughs> of depravity. And so You're celery sticks and <laughs> right. dry chicken breasts. So I think it's just a little bit like, guys, our lives are already indulgent. And mm. that when we go into the holidays, we're not doing this complete wipeout where now I just have again the days of cookies and cinnamon rolls. And instead my days look a lot like the other days of the year. But now the indiscretions that I make are going to be the seasonal goodies, the eggnog instead of the beer or, you know, whatever it is. The the mom's pecan pie instead of the chocolate, you know, et cetera. Okay. So similar question, but slightly different, which is what about the argument or the reality of like family traditions, maybe their cultural traditions, as well as like, this is what my grandma did. And Mm -hmm. so this is what we do. And like the traditions, the family nostalgia, all that stuff. I mean, is it roughly the same answer or how do you start to tackle 
that end of things. It's not fun, and it's fun, but it's not, we don't do it because it's fun, but we do it because this is the way we've always Mm -hmm. done it. Yeah, I mean, of course, food as culture and part of our culture is a huge part of our traditions and nostalgia, and and it is very much part of that, and I'm really not trying to take away any of that. These traditions are nostalgic memories. They typically are, though, also about sharing time with others, bringing friends mm. or family together. You know, your your memory of the hot chocolate isn't probably just because of the marshmallow in the hot chocolate. <laughs> it's, it's probably because it was after sledding or it was after some time with the family or you're out yeah. for the Christmas tree or whatever it is. And so yep. food is part of the positive experience. It's not the positive experience. And I think this really gets into something that would have to be a, a podcast in its own right. But I think that it is a good time to look at how you use food, right? Has that become the reward? Is that your Mm. focus of the celebration? Is that what you use when you're stressed, bored, happy, sad, all of that stuff? And and if that's the case, it isn't really about family traditions and nostalgia, Mm. right? And that these food thoughts are are likely a year-round thing for you. And in my opinion, those thoughts and those feelings need to be addressed outside the but it's Christmas, but it's tradition, but it's the holidays sort of mentality. And I I think when we have those emotions wrapped up in our food is, is really where we have problems. And this is true with any sort of less than ideal self-destructing behavior. You know, there's obviously an easy comparison to drinking or drugs, but even something less obvious like shopping and spending habits, right? There is a point at which that behavior is just the cover for something else. And and food can be that in many circumstances. And I think people, it's a very serious issue. I'm not downplaying at all. I just want people to deal with it head on versus kind of sloughing it off to, oh, it's the holidays. Yeah. So I think one of the, maybe one of the big through lines in this conversation to me has been this idea of don't treat these six weeks, if we're going to say it's six weeks, don't treat them any differently mm-hmm. as a collection of days than you treat uh, middle of February to March or whatever it is, right? Is that roughly maybe like the the takeaway here is this isn't a special time, so don't treat it as if it is. Totally. 100%. I mean, you hear it all the time throughout the year. It's like, oh, but it's Valentine's Day. Oh, but it's vacation. Oh, but it, I mean, it's just like, oh, it's yeah. President's Day. <laughs> You're just like, wow, we have a lot of cookies, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, we can come up with an excuse or anything to kind of get away from that routine and the reality of the situation. But I think that, yeah, it's 100% like any other day in that sense of kind of our, mm. our dieting and nutrition behavior. Yep. Okay. So the goal here then is to maintain whatever you're coming into the holidays with, right? If you spent nine, 10 months really dialed in, really focused, don't throw it away, right? Maintain that habit, maintain that momentum going into the, into the holidays. Yeah, for sure. Maintaining is way easier than changing. Changing in terms of weight loss, right? I mean, like weight gain is certainly easier for most people than Mm, weight loss. But this is even true of things like athletic performance and, you know, relative cardiorespiratory fitness and stuff like that. It's it's way easier to maintain than change. And and weight loss is really hard. And it's evidenced in all the questions I get, the majority of the goals of the clients I work with. I mean, look at our population. We've got 70% of adults are overweight or obese. You know, you and I have joked about we should name the podcast, you know, the gaining muscle and losing weight podcast. You know, everybody wants to know how. <laughs> <It'd be huge. laughs> 
<laughs> how to do that. I mean, that's what really people click on. That's what people are interested in. And yeah. if if weight loss was so easy, you know, why are there so many diets out there? Why is weight such an issue? Why, you know, do people kind of go on and off all these umpteen different diets? And we talked about this in the Why It's Okay to Be Hungry podcast, but change is hard and the body resists that change in a multitude of ways. You got to pay to play. And so maintaining is way, way easier. And so while I don't know that people are going to experience weight loss during the holidays, and again, I don't know that I would get mm-hmm. too aggressive towards that goal, I do think that maintaining is is doable and is an important goal. Yeah, for sure. Got it. Okay. So as we're wrapping up this conversation about getting through the holidays without too much of a deficit, anything else worth mentioning? Anything else you want to make sure folks think about going into Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's? You know, Patrick, we have that leaderboard thing. <laughs> Ooh, the leaderboard thing. <laughs> yeah. So the, Otherwise known as the consistency project, project, right? You know, the leaderboard that is part and parcel with this podcast. But I mean, yes. that could be a, a holiday strategy, right? It's got exercise built mm. in. It's got the Instagram challenge. And I started posting my score every day in August and been watching the trends. And I'm kind of averaging, I think, close to a three right about now. But I want to see what the realistic number is for the year. And so that's just a fun little experiment for me. And I hope other people join in on that. But why not start that right now? You know, don't wait till January. Don't wait for the New Year's resolutions. Start there. It's a free tracker with all the how-to. And that can be a great strategy. My Fitbit is also reminding me that I don't sleep enough. Mm. Yes, that's still my low one. That's still my low one. (laughs) All right, my friend. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for the ratings and reviews. And we will be back shortly with another episode of The Consistency Project. Hi, all. EC here. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Thank you as well for all the support for the five-star ratings and the reviews and for telling your friends or family about the podcast that really does help the podcast grow. And if you want to get the most recent info from me and be up to date on all of my content, the best place for that is my email list. So you can subscribe at optimizemenutrition.com slash email. I send out emails weekly-ish, <laughs> and that's also the best place to get your question in the queue for Quick Bites episodes. So again, that's optimizemenutrition.com slash email, and there's also a link in the show notes.